Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cold Feet Podcast. Join our journey as we interview people in this cold plunge and we delve on the adventure of holistic health, athletic development, barefoot education, washing the norm, and so much more. So dive in, grab a hot cocoa, and enjoy the episode. Before we start our podcast episode, we would like to give a brief shout out to our podcast sponsors. Most shoes harm your mobility by over-restricting your foot's natural movement. With the Ursus from Barefoot Athletics, a shoe designed with minimal restrictions, your feet can move the way nature intended, so you can move with more confidence and strength in every step. Barefoot Shoes was founded by Chris Duffin, who attributes proper foot biomechanics as foundational to his success in squatting and deadlifting over 1,000 for reps. He created Barefoot Shoes to provide a minimal shoe designed for strength athletes. Go to barefoot.shoes slash TBSR to check out the Ursus and you can save 10% with the code TBSR10 to purchase the strongest minimalist shoe available. As a gym owner, I usually lift barefoot. When I can't lift barefoot, I love lifting in my barefoot shoes for both the health benefits of lifting barefoot and the increased ground feel I have in all my lifts. You don't need supplements to build muscle, lose fat, and get healthy, but the right ones can help. That's why over 350,000 fitness folk have chosen Legion. Well, that and their 100% natural products, their clinically effective ingredients and doses, and their no-hassle money-back guarantee. I've been following Michael Matthews, the CEO of Legion Athletics Journey, since 2012, and I am super duper impressed with their supplements. They have a wide variety of everything from protein powders, pre-workouts, post-workouts, omega-3s, and bundles. And you can save a whooping 20% with the discount code HABER, H-A-B-E-R. So just log in to legionathletics.com, and the discount code is HABER for 20% off. Earthrunners are some of my favorite minimalist sandals. Earthrunners were created to rewild our lives in response to the typical modern domesticated lifestyle, which is causing numerous health, psychological, and social issues. Through rewilding and grounding, we aim to bring stronger, healthier, and more resilient individuals and communities back to our society. If you're not familiar with grounding, grounding is exposing your bare feet or body to the earth beneath you. And if you're unable to do that, you can ground with sandals like Earthrunners with their unique copper plug and copper laces. Grounding has a huge display of benefits such as reducing inflammation, improving sleep, and improving happiness. So you can check out Earthrunners at earthrunners.com and you can use our discount code of TBSR10 to get 10% off. Hey, hey. All right, there we go. All right. So How's it going? Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode and spontaneous of the Cold Feet Podcast. It's been a bit since I recorded because of everything that's been going on. And today I'm privileged to have on the show a longtime uh, client, athlete, and friend of mine who I've been working with for quite a while in various sports. So, Jacob, the mic is yours. Take it away. How's it going, everybody? Thank you, Sean, for having me on the show. Really appreciate it. Um, so my name is Jacob Churchborn. I'm originally from vast North Carolina, tiny town in the middle of nowhere. Grew up on a farm. Uh, still help my parents out every once in a while, herding cattle, all sorts of stuff. But grew up my whole life playing hockey, lacrosse, football, all sorts of sports. 
uh, ended up going to go into play uh, lacrosse in college. And then I uh, moved to Israel after I graduated from North Carolina State University in 2021. That's how I met Sean. Moved over there to work for the Israel Lacrosse Association as a youth development coordinator, coaching kids. Sean was coaching my two roommates, Mac and Delaney. Shout out. Uh, they played flag football for Team Israel. They knew Sean. That's how I got connected. And Can you hear me? Yeah. Lost connection there. So yeah, spotty. It's the Wi-Fi is a little bit spotty on my end as well. Anyways, can you hear me clear? Yeah, I can hear you. Just yeah, like I can hear you fine. It's just the pictures going in and out. Yeah, we can we can mess around. We can post produce and cut around cut, cut stuff a bit. Anyways, thank you so much for introducing yourself. So Jacob is actually one of the cooler athletes I've worked with because. Initially, his initial goal was uh, lacrosse, and then the same in the same year he was also playing hockey, ice hockey, and then the same year he told me he was also drafting to the army, which is always a fun project for a strength and conditioning coach because you do want to make sure that you're developing the athlete, not just you know to build basics, but actually develop for his sport. But with that being said, a lot of these sports have a very great carryover. So a lot of both sports are going to have very very similar. You know, strength and speed components. Uh, the army as well is a very, very big uh, environment where you need a good base of strength, agility, reactive ability, speed, acceleration. So it's not so far off to suddenly, you know, jump around the programming. Uh, speaking of the army, so something I do is I work a lot with uh, people who draft the Israeli army and help them get ready with a program called Seven Mikey, which is another shout out there. I work, I work there with them. Uh, you know, in combat, you know, um, physical combat prep, but at the same time, I have to work with many of them either privately or virtually in my gym or through my online programs to help them just really, you know, really get into the elite unit they want to get or be physically ready for the army so they don't get injured. And now, ever since the war broke out here, this was about two months ago, it's been a while, there's been a lot of, I've been getting a lot of feedback from my fellow reservists, I'm in reserves as well, how a lot of them are A, not in shape, but B, they're also just not physically ready. And uh, Jacob, what do you think? What, what do you think can be done about that? Like, we're not talking about the regular uh, infantry now, I'm talking about reservists. So, what can we do in a situation where they don't really feel ready for combat? Yeah. So, obviously, since the war began, three I think it's 360,000 reservists have been called up so far. Um, and, you know, like uh, what I have to explain to a lot of people is that the standing army in Israel is not the same as the reserve army. So the standing army is, you know, they're training every day. They're ready to go. They have all the best equipment there. You know, they're out there. They're ready to go. The reservists are guys that kind of just get called up from their regular day job. So they own a coffee shop or they're a personal trainer like Sean or they, um, you know, work at an IT firm. You know, they, 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 they all sorts of stuff. But so they're obviously maybe fitness is not their number one priority. Maybe, you know, their jobs are number one priority. Maybe they're, you know, they're not in the shape they were 
when they were in the standing army. So these people, they got called up and they kind of just get thrown into it. I mean, from, you know, Sean, Sean can tell you, you kind of just get put out there and you are given a weapon and you're given your uniform and that's just kind of it. And, um, you know, so a lot of these people are kind of getting in it like, oh, my gosh, I had to get back into shape here. And I've heard stories from other friends being like, oh, you know, like my Buga, like my unit is out here, you know, going to go for a run together. But a lot of them don't have time because they're doing um, what we call shmira, like guard duty in Hebrew, or they're just doing stuff on the base. So it's extremely, extremely difficult for people right now who are in these combat units or combat reservists to be in the shape they need to be in. So it's kind of just on them personally to, to get themselves in shape and something great that Sean's been doing. And he's, is he's been helping out people military related to be, to get tactically in shape. So workouts you can do on your own time and on the, in wherever you can, wherever you're based to get yourself in shape. So I think that's something really cool that you've been doing. Yeah, and I think we can kind of dive into this topic because it's very, very crucial in this time that exactly as you said, um, people just aren't physically ready. And before the war, before we actually had a ground invasion and went in, we had about, you know, a month of, of physical prep, of, sorry, of combat prep where people were, you know, shooting again and, and doing warfare drills again to get ready for, for this um, urban warfare that was about, about to break out. But there wasn't enough emphasis on combat fitness. And the result has been that People are perhaps, you know, they know how to shoot a weapon, but they're not keeping up with the rigors of combat. And the rigors of combat are some of the hardest in the world. And that's because a lot of times the rigors of combat, you're not, you didn't eat well, you didn't sleep well, you're not recovered well. Whereas um, top tier athletes, our objective is they get to their game or they get to their tournament, you know, fully peaked, fully ready, full sleep, full eat. That's not the situation in combat. So I actually, in one of our war searches that we were doing, I like checked the amount of uh, jumps there's less but you're running with about you know 12 to 16 kilo on your back and if you have any other like heavier weaponry that's even more um you i sprinted about you know like 40 50 times with numerous deaccelerations change of directions kneeling jumping landing crawling that's a lot of movement and if you're not in shape you're either a going to get hurt or b you're just not going to be able to keep up in a real situation when you're under fire you have to move fast whether it's whether it's running sprinting crawling so all these things are are signs of how important to have that base level combat fitness. And for those out there who are not there yet, it's fine. Just start from somewhere. People's excuses like I don't have a gym, I don't have equipment on base, or you know it's too hard, or it's too this. Obviously, if you're in like you know an active combat zone like down south, it's probably more difficult to get in some strength training. But you minutes some mobility if you can, if you can, just to get you know your your scapula neck moving from wearing the vest all day, get your legs moving from these sprints and heavy walking or doing all day. It's lifesaver. It's all on my Instagram. It's all on my YouTube channel. It's, I'm giving out these free resources for all the soldiers. So if, you, if you're a soldier and you're listening to this, please reach out to us. Just get in where you can. And if you do have more time, if you're doing something a little bit less less dynamic, like static and guarding, then getting in, bringing a, I've been bringing my weight vest, like the vest, the ceramic vest I wear, the guard duty. And I've also been bringing a kettlebell if I can, getting in a workout every morning. Um, when I can, utilizing the equipment that I have on me. The second thing that I've realized is that the people who are the best tactically ready are actually the people who are professional athletes or treat their body like professional athletes. And that's because when you're cognitively aware, if you play a sport like lacrosse or frisbee or hockey, where your main objective is like avoiding people or or taking on people and then shooting into a, like a small goal, you're, you've taught your neurons 
how to uh, develop in like certain like close quarter situations. And I noticed that in the range after not having shot for a few years, we had a balloon that was like, like 80 meters away. And there was two balloons and like the first two, the first people to shoot, the first people that were able to have to pop them, like using the bullet. I mean, another guy like first shot popped them. I'm like, that's weird. I haven't shot in so long. Then I realized that I've been playing Frisbee for 11 years. And like, I've worked on accuracy every single day. And I'm sure it ties over to hockey as well. Is that when you develop your brain in this manner of professional sport, yep. a cognitive ability, your reaction time, your decision-making and your anticipation are actually that much higher. That's when it comes to actual warfare, but actual physical ability. If you treat your body like an athlete, like I see it so much with my, with my guys. Some of them run, some of them strength train. Most of them are not really that in, in peak shape like they were back in the day. I can see how much the carryover of being an athlete has had in my warfare experience, both physically, emotionally, and psychologically. So like, we don't know when the next war will be, but like now's the time to really treat your body like a temple and really just kind of, you know, make those changes. Don't just like, don't just strength train, make sure you're sprinting, make sure you're carrying heavy stuff and trying to be, you know, maximally ready for whatever it is. Uh, another element I wanted to dive into is that, um, and this is also where kind of like Jake, even though I'm working with him virtually, kind of Jacob and I reconnected is that once when the war broke out because of the high amount of reservists that were called up, a lot of people were sent to combat zones woefully. Who I got to use that word, never used it before, unprepared. And what there was this mass um, fundraising event that happened simultaneously to try to get sort of equipment and food and whatever it is. So I'm going to hand the mic over to Jacob. And I would love Jacob. Jacob, how old are you? 21? How old are you? Uh, turned 23 today. It's my birthday. Yeah. Jacob's turning 23. He's also drafting soon. And he started this massive initiative that we'd love to hear more about. So the mic is yours and take it away. Okay, so the war began. Um, you know, the, the standing army had everything they pretty much needed, but when the 360,000 reservists were called up, uh, there was a, like Sean said, a major lack of gear. So a couple friends and I, you know, we wanted to do something. I haven't drafted yet. And these guys, they're reservists that, you know, just weren't called up yet because not everybody was called up. They're students. And we were like, well, what are we going to do? So we hopped in my, my Ford Focus and we started driving around Israel, dropping off gear to our friends. We're talking down south near the Gaza border, up near the Lebanon border and kind of just everywhere in between. And on one of our drives, we kind of just were talking. We're like, we should make this more of a initiative. So that's how Sahi Israel was born. We're a 501c nonprofit and uh, we are completely tax free. And over the past six weeks, we've been able to raise over $200,000 for soldiers to get the gear that they need. So we've been able to get bulletproof vests. We've been able to get helmets. We've been able to get boots. We've been able to get schlukers, uh, camelbacks. We've been able to get just about anything uh, for the guys that need it. And we're trying to continue our initiative, grow the project, obviously, so we can get everybody exactly what they need so that this is never a problem again, as per se. Next time we're completely prepared and everybody, every reservist is gonna have the exact equipment that they need. It's really, really incredible to see the effort you as you know, a 23 year old guy have put in to make this organization happen. I remember I was called, I was actually in America when this whole thing broke down and I was called on the Jewish holiday. I, was, I saw a few missed calls on my phone. I saw like 500 messages. I saw like red alerts. I was like, something's going on in Israel and it was also the holiday there so I wasn't really checking my phone but I see like so much going on like I got I got to see what's happening and then I see like slowly I don't even think Israel knew what was going on 
that the news didn't know. And I slowly started getting report by report. And it's still it's still the holiday in, in, in America. And I tell my uh, in-laws what happened. And they're like, yeah, so it'll be okay. You know, probably just rockets. I was like, no, no, no. This is something really bad. And then as it played out, I had this whole West Coast trip planned out, you know, visiting six or seven different barefoot shoe companies. Uh, I had a bunch of colleagues, of strength conditioning people I was going to meet up with. Like, should I cancel my trip? Should I not? I'm like, you know what? If we let, if we cancel life with Hamas, then they win. I'm going to keep on doing what I do, spreading the love. And then the second I finish my trip, I'm going to hop back. So I hop back in a plane. A day later, I was I was in back in reserves with my top Mona, my drafting uh, letter. And uh, I went there and it was just like shock. It was a psychological shock. It was emotional shock. First of all, two things happened. First of all, I kind of went back to the 18-year-old draftee and me, like the person who drafted who was like scared and timid and speak Hebrew, scared of its commanders. And I also like all my 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 comfort, my comforts. I have a, I have a gym, I have my ice bath, I have my habits, I have my frisbee crew, I have my, you know, whatever. It was all gone. So I had to emotionally rebuild my whole schedule. And and the first thing I did is actually reach out to people because I know as human beings, it's not we need we need food, we need, we need gear, but we actually need humanity. We need company. And a lot of times in the army, you know, in the rigors of of combat and rugged um, time, you lose out on that companionship. You lose out on the humanity. And that's why it's so important in the army to make friends with the people around you because when you make friends with people around you, you're creating friends for a lifetime. Like some of these guys, I've literally been with them for a month. I barely know them. I feel like they're my best friends already. And I know that we're going to celebrate many, many milestones together because in Hebrew, it's called Achima Neshek, gun buddies, gun bros, smash bros. So, so the, these friendships you create are so important. And the first week I was there, I tried to arrange a different visitor every night just because I saw the guys were like, everyone, people were chain smoking all day and people were smoking this and people were that and no one was really healthy. I said like, they don't just need working out, they need humanities. I called Jacob and I think it was the same day, the same day I spoke to him, Jacob, uh, my friend Ha, who I coach, who was a friend of Jacob's as well. They rolled up and they didn't just bring us gear. They brought us food. They're like, what do you need? I'm like, this, 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 this. They're like, no problem. They sent us like 60. We had, like, the food situation was not so good. It was like we were sleeping on the floor and like who knows where and there was like no fridge. Sent us eggs, like granola, coffee, like any small request that we wanted from like the stupidest thing to protein bars all the way to like, I don't remember what they sent it to us. And since then, me and Jacob have been in touch about gear. And I have to say that there is a lot of organizations out there. There are organizations out there helping. But Jacob's literally like, Sean, you tell me what you need and I will make it happen. I was like, Jacob, we're looking, trying to raise money for minimalist boots. He's like, no problem. I got you. And uh, they're on the way to Israel today, I think. Looking forward to getting them today. Yep, they're, uh, they're on a plane uh, right now. Yeah. Let's go, yeah. And like, any, I'm like, hey, Jacob, I'm still looking for like this, this, and this equipment. Him and his organization have made things happen. And it's a relief because there are organizations out there. And a lot of them, like, everything's bureaucracy and politics. Like, by the time you get the equipment, the war is kind of over. So we're very appreciative of that. And it's really, once again, back to that humanity, like having a human being. And I've told this to Israelis and Americans, right? when I speak at like events and stuff, knowing that there are human beings out there who care is the greatest thing that an Israeli soldier can feel. Like these little love letters that these kids write to us, like I have like 20 of them I'm going to give out today. They're the greatest thing because some random kid in America cares about you and your mission and your purpose in Israel gives you hope amongst a nation where you know people are are I, I lost friends I lost followers I lost clients I lost so much because of I have like my international company it's nice to hear that in the flip side of all the hate there's a lot of love from the Jewish nation so thank you Jacob for what you do
And uh, thank you, Israel, for what you do. And uh, and if I can ask, what inspired the name Sachi Israel? It's kind of a funny name. Yeah, so Sachi is a it's an acronym for uh, in Hebrew. I'll just say it in the translation in English: Rapid Response Team. Mm. So we kind of just were like, oh, like we're like the rapid response team. So let's make this into the acronym. So we just made it into the acronym, but in Hebrew. Oh, cool. You know what Sachi also means? I think it might be spelled differently. Someone who like doesn't smoke and doesn't drink and like is no fun and only like, yeah I think I think it's spelled slightly differently it is yeah it, is. it was funny we were making the name because we were like oh like what are we doing and then you know, and then it was like oh that's kind of funny and then we got a couple comments about it when we, we explained it people I like, think oh, it's okay. with the samach but asachi asachi is basically someone who like everyone's like smoking and drinking and he's like I don't drink I'm mean, basically me um, me and Sarah like <laughs> no asachi is like we don't drink and we like care about our health like I actually I was I was in Finland for that work trip and. And like we're in the sauna and everyone's like like pounding beer. Like these are these are high performance coaches, like the most elite performance coaches in the world, like the best cyclist coach in the world, the best lacrosse coach in the world, the best ice hockey coach in the world, like Smith conditioning. They're all pounding beer. And then one of them handed me one and I'm like, and I'm like yummy. Like I like patted my belly, like yummy. He interpreted it as like, oh, you feel like fat. And he's like, don't be a loser, like drink. And I'm like thinking, like, it's okay to drink beer, like it's okay, but you would think that the highest performance coaches in the world will have a certain standard of like not getting trash and then going into like a lake. Oh, that, that was the fun part too. But that's the fun part. So um, any last thoughts or any last things you want to share with our uh, audience and followers before we, uh, before I head back to base? Yeah. Heading back to base today for real. Um, yeah. yeah um, basically just, if you can support, just, just do what you can, you know, like yeah. what I would say is like back to the humanity thing. Um, you know, I've lost a lot of friends as well. There's been a lot of hate thrown my way. There's been a lot of, of tough things going on. But as somebody, you know, I live down south. I live in southern Israel. My community was affected greatly by what happened down there and what's been happening. Um, and just it's been, you know, I've been, I'm in America now. I got back here like, what, a couple of weeks ago? And I've been mm -hmm. trying to, you know, explain to people how it feels to be in Israel right now, how that feels, yeah. Yeah. what it felt like to be there. And the best way I can explain it is just imagine somebody coming into your backyard and just taking everything you love and taking it away from you and hurting your friends. That's you what it is. You can't. can't imagine. Can't. Yeah, it's hard to describe, but the that's the best way I can do it. It's just, it's just, you know, it's a loss of humanity. So how do we fight that? How do we make up against that? We create more humanity. We be kinder to each other. We help out each other. And I guess that's really kind of what, we're trying to do with this initiative is just bring smiles to people's faces. You know, it's to keep people safe is to get people the right gear. But the number one thing is just to make people smile, make people happy. And the amount of smiles that we've curated by going to the bases, dropping the stuff off, that's, that's just everything to me. So. Absolutely. Well, your you boys are about plan. to see. Yeah. Your boys are about yeah. to see another smile today. Happy life, happy feet. Uh, anyways, Jacob, oh, yeah. so I'm going to head back to base. It's gonna be good. Yeah, I'm going to head back to base. We're going to wrap up. I'm going to follow up with you, go to sleep, get some sleep. And thank you so much for making this happen. I'm going to, for those interested in donating to uh, Jacob's organization, which once again, directly delivers gear, food, equipment to soldiers' bases with no bureaucracy and no bullshit. Once again, it goes on a plane from America to Israel, to a car, to the base. I can testify for that and vouch for their organization. I'm going to drop the donation link in the podcast description. Remember, you can find our podcast on Spotify, YouTube, you, know, you name it. Uh, yeah, that's it. And uh, I'm delighted to have you both as a friend, athlete, and founder of Sahih Israel here. It's a privilege to um, link up with you again in life and looking forward to seeing you back in Israel.
Amazing. Can't wait to see you. Stay safe out yeah. there, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Hey, I'm Sean, and I'm the Barefoot Athlete. And I want to welcome you on this six-week Barefoot Transition course. Two and a half years ago, we started developing this course, and we wanted it to be 12 months long. Why 12 months? Because we felt that if you just spent dozens of years in cushioned shoes, you can't transition that quickly. Realizing that 12 months is not sustainable, we shortened it to six weeks. And in these six weeks, you're going to dive into foot, knee, ankle, hip, shoulder mobility. You're going to dive into calf, ankle, knee, hip strengthening. You're going to learn how to take care of your feet, how to release them with tons of soft tissue work. After the first phase is over, after the three weeks are done, your pain is gone, your knees, your hips, your feet are feeling great, ready to rumble, move on to the advanced stage. We learn how to land, we learn how to jump, we learn how to produce force and absorb force. Every single week is action-packed with play, fun, challenges to challenge yourself, your friends, your loved ones, and your community. Tons of strengthening, tons of footwork, and we can guarantee you that in six weeks' time, you will be much, much closer to being able to fully love life and live life in minimalist footwear. And the best part of it all, you're not limited to six weeks. So if you want to go back and repeat a phase, you're more than welcome to. So let's go, come along, and enjoy the course.